How about now? Oh, look at that. Are we all three here? Are you good? Yeah. Jimmy? Yes, Hallelujah. Jimmy, can you hear me? Yes. Here we go. All right. Sweet. So all three of us are here. Here we go. So for everybody who's tuning in, uh, welcome to episode five of Nothing to Say, the fans podcast. Um, we had promised early on, I think around episode two, that we were going to have a guest uh, on episode four, and we failed to bring you that. But guess what? We're here back on episode five, and we are delivering with our promise. Sam, we actually made it to episode five, so a little bit surprised. Woo-woo! I know, right? Um, so for everybody who's listening, uh, there will be a third voice today, and that comes in the form of Jimmy Jaggers, who most of you will probably already know. Jimmy, how's it going, man? Fantastic. How about you guys? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. Um, well, you know, honestly, we are we're stoked to have you here. We were talking about having a guest for a really long time, and we're uh, we're thrilled that we were actually able to uh, to get this done. So before we get going, we'll just uh, well uh, well we'll just go around the table real quick. Sam, how was your week, man? It was great. I just wanted to say what a first guest to get on the podcast. I'm excited. It's, a, it's an honor. <laughs> Woohoo! I guess go big or go home right off the bat. I know, right? <laughs> I know, right? Um, physically speaking, right? Physically speaking, yeah. <laughs> Jimmy, man, it's uh, it's been a while. How have you been? How's, uh, how's your summer been? Um, I just started summer, actually. Oh really? Yep. Yeah, I did. Um, I did summer school, so I just oh. got out of school August second. Oh geez, how was that? Yeah. Well, you know, it went well. I had some interesting classes, uh, and then now I just I just got a job, and so uh, here we are. Oh sweet! Where are you working? It's a it's a children's gym. Ah, oh, that's right, dude. It's pretty sweet. It's like. It's got a little rock wall in there. Like today, I worked for four hours, and I did a nice little uh, birthday party for a three-year-old and 20 other three-year-olds, and I basically was a glorified babysitter all day today. But, hey, <laughs> things could be worse, right? You could be working at Noodles and Company. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of that, Sam, how was your, uh, your shift at Noodles today? Yeah, my, my shift is about the same. I got to watch a bunch of three-year-olds, but I actually have their mothers yelling at me the whole time. So it's it's a little different. Just slightly, slightly. Oh, Where man. The mothers in my classes tip us. Oh, yeah, we don't we don't get tips. We don't deserve tips. <laughs> That's right. You don't have to do tips, do they? No, they don't. Yeah. That's kind of lame. I didn't know that. My it's like... It's the most deflating thing ever because you get like a really nice uh, couple to come by and they're like, oh, right, right. here's a tip. And I'm like, I had to give them the spiel like, oh, it's company policy. Like we don't take tips, but thank you. And then they feel all <laughs> awkward and like they feel bad. And I'm like, no, no, it's it's okay. Like it's company policy, but thanks for the consideration. <laughs> no, and then you look down and then you see it's $3. That's when Sam says it's company policy. Season <laughs> twenty, you know, he might forget that whole school. Hey, three bucks is uh, three more dollars than I have my in my wallet right now. So, hey, 
Hey, that is a fact, especially some broke college students. <laughs> oh, man. Um, gosh, this is going to be a fun show. So, little background uh, for anybody who doesn't uh, know the relationship that the, the three of us have. Um, I went to middle school with Jimmy. He ended up going to uh, Cooley Middle School as well as I did. Uh, Sam went to the knockoff. Ooh. Yeah, Sam went Ooh, to the Cooley. the knockoff uh, wannabe Cooley, uh, Bull John Middle School. Um, and was then, it uh, was it true at Bull John that you couldn't chew gum on campus at all? Oh, that's a that's a fact. That sucks. And if you if you had your phone out in recess, like we would have. There would be people like huddled around each other, so one person could be on their phone and text their their, their middle school girlfriend, and then like a yard duty would see you across the yard and yell at you, and take your phone away. It was nuts. It was like prison, damn near prison. Yeah, yeah, that's way better. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, and. So the three of us, uh, well, Jimmy and I went to the same middle school, and then Sam was obviously at a different one. Then we all met up at Roseville. Uh, and actually, Jimmy, I played um, – I was on more sports teams with Jimmy than I was with any other person uh, that I was ever um, on, a, on a team with. And then the three of us, the first time the three of us were on a – and actually, um, yeah, the first time that the three of us were on a team together was freshman year – football Sam was on the offensive line I was our quarterback and uh Jimmy or one of our quarterbacks and Jimmy was uh was our tight end and actually Jimmy Jimmy caught the first pass that I ever threw uh and uh yeah you were you were my first completion uh it was it was the very first home game we had to open up the season I can't remember who we played against um but it was a it was a little 10 yard uh like button hook for a first down it was an easy throw because you were like six feet taller than the corner. So, OSS wrap or something. Yeah, something like that. Um, and uh, Jimmy was actually the uh, honestly during a, he he has my favorite. He is the owner of a, my favorite practice moment of football. I remember I uh, and Sam knows this story too because um, so I had dropped back to pass during practice. And I had cocked the ball behind my head, and I came forward in my throwing motion, except when I came forward, the ball wasn't in my hand. It's because you had taken it out of my hand, and I didn't even – like, you just reached over the top of me, grabbed it, took it out of my hand, and then just ran away. <laughs> like, I didn't, I didn't even know you were there because you were on my blind side and just reached around and suction cupped it right out of my hand. I didn't even see you. And you just kind of looked at me like, what? <laughs> and gave it back to me. freshman year was was so much fun i don't know if sam had a yeah so i think the first ever and jimmy i'm really curious to see if you remember this but i think our first ever interaction was a freshman basketball tournament in the summer at mesa verde where we were playing granite bay and i got a bloody nose at the very end of the first half And I, w- I stood outside the gym watching as everyone was playing. And I had, like, it was gushing blood out. Yeah, yeah, and all I of a remember. sudden, Jimmy comes over with his white shirt and hands it to me. And he's like, hey, use this. So I stuffed that in there. Needless to say, I had a bloody nose the entirety of the second half. And it was not letting up. 
And then all of a sudden, like, as soon as the game ended, My Bloody Nose ended. And I, like, looked at – I think my mom was with me, too. And I was like, should I get this shirt back? Like, it was it was a white shirt to begin with, and it was completely red after it. And I felt so bad. I was like, oh, my gosh. I don't even think we, like, said two words to each other before then. And I was, I was like, do you want this back? <laughs> This my blood drenched shirt of yours. What did I say back? I don't remember. I think I think you took it. I might have taken it and thrown it away for you. <laughs> yeah, you probably face. did. Oh my goodness gracious! I did. I I don't ever remember hearing that story. I remember I've. I mean, you've had about a billion bloody noses since I've known you, but I don't remember hearing that. I think that was the worst one of my life. <laughs> Green Bay, Bay destroyed us. Yeah, they had that that kid with the afro that was just they, like almost they, dunking on us. They, yeah, they oh the yeah, second half just trying to dunk every time because they're up by so much. You know, oh, it's because I, I was that. out. Who? That's who why. They felt that the inside was uh, a lot more open uh, year ago. Oh, yeah, the, there was the there wasn't this big muscular, you were not skilled yeah, you were, guy. You were presence, absolutely. <laughs> oh man, that was I do remember that game actually, and I do remember and how that, that would have been Delio, right? Sam? Yeah, it was mm-hmm. Delio. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I just remember our coach, whoever it was, being pissed. He was so angry that game. Well, when is he not pissed? Well, yeah, he was pretty angry this whole. We could <laughs> we could be up by we could be up by twenty. And not ball fake on one plate, he'll call a timeout just to tell us to ball fake. Boys. And we're Boys. up by 20. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. He was, he was a character. Um, great guy. Yeah, he was a great dude. He loved it. He loved it. Absolutely. Um, so there was a little bit, I mean, there was a, there's a little bit of background on the, the three of us and kind of how we know, how uh, all three of us know each other. And then obviously we, kind of grew up with each, with each other in high school and ended up playing uh, uh, our senior year of football together, which was an absolute blast. Um, and then, uh, fortunately for one of us, for Jimmy, he uh, he ended up uh, getting a, a scholarship to UCLA. So uh, we'll just kind of start this off from kind of the very beginning. Um, so, Jimmy, when when it came to deciding, first of all, what schools did you – have offer from, and second of all, what was the deciding factor in you going to UCLA over wherever else you had offers from? <laughs> I had like twenty something offers <clears throat> at the end of it, but like the top, my top five, I think, was um, UCLA, USC, Washington, Alabama, and Florida. Those were like the ones I was focused on at the very end of my recruiting career. Gotcha. And then why was uh, so you said you had an offer from Alabama as well. So why was why was UCLA the the ended up why did that end up being the front runner for you? It's it's actually crazy how the whole recruiting thing works, especially like as it gets to different positions, and so. For like for tight ends and quarterbacks, right? they don't they don't need they don't need 
three or four tight ends or three or four quarterbacks every year, right? Every year they need one, maybe two to replace the one, maybe two graduating or leaving early to the draft and whatnot. Uh-huh. And so I actually, you asked why I ended up at UCLA because I went, I had gone and visited Alabama for like a day and I really liked it and went back a couple weeks for five days after that. And after that, those five days, I was like, okay, I'm ready to commit. Like, I want to come here. And when I, I, so I actually went and talked to the coaches and I told them that I had been thinking about it and that I wanted to come here. And they said, hey, like, you're here right now. So just go back to California, hang out, talk to your family, get over the visit. Like, basically, hey, your adrenaline and your emotions are running high right now. Like, go home and let them kind of settle down so you can make a logical decision because we know how California kids, there's like a stigma with California kids in the recruiting process that you basically have no shot of getting them out of California. Like, it's pretty hard. That's interesting. I've never heard that before. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, to me, I wanted out of California, but I think to them, it's like a lot of LA kids who want to just, you know, be at USC or UCLA or, mm-hmm. you know, they, they want their families to be able to come to game. And stuff. Right. Um, um, but, no, yeah, keep going. <clears throat> so, anyway, that process, I, I went home hung out for a day, day and a half, and I was like, okay, you know what, I still want to do this. So I, I called the coach up, and I told him I wanted to commit, and he actually, he told he tells me that literally that afternoon, two tight ends had come on a visit together for a junior day, which is like a big visit for juniors, juniors in high school, or seniors in high school both. And so those two kids came through and they committed while they were on the visit. And so basically he said, we don't need a tight end anymore. If we decide to take three, I'll let you know. Right now we only want two. And we have two. Oh, geez. And that was was UCLA that you contacted and they committed? Or was that Alabama? So that was Alabama. Oh, okay. And, and that's they why that they were full. Like they didn't need any more tight ends. And that's why you ultimately decided so to choose called, UCLA. So I called, yeah, so I called UCLA. So then my top three were UCLA, USC, and Florida. And it was UCLA. It was pretty much like did I want to live in Florida? Did I want to live in Compton? Or did I want to live in <laughs> So it kind of became geographical at that point. I respect USC, but I mean, I still do. That's a rough. It's a rough place. Yeah. It's um, yeah. Hey, Jimmy, I got a side of town is what we call it. (laughs) Yeah, Jimmy, I got a I got a level with you here. It pains me that Oregon wasn't in anywhere in consideration. Did they offer you? Okay, you know what's crazy? Well, when 
when I was in high school, they were running more of like the little spread type. And so I never really <clears throat> like showed interest. So I never really went and visited. Like they had a commit. Um, he committed like his junior year and I wasn't going to commit until my senior year. Wow. And so I never really like pursued them and they never really pursued me. But um, the so the tight end coach that was at Alabama, um, Coach Cristobal. Mm-hmm. He was he was the tight end coach at Alabama when I was being recruited. Wow! Like he, so I, I have a pretty big personal connection with him. Wow, little Mario C. Oh yeah, great guy. Great. So why why didn't you follow him? You didn't want to transfer over oh, to I did when I, when I put my name in the transfer portal um, in April or in February of this year. I, I tried to contact him, but they were full on scholarships. I think they just the, the NCAA they... changed. So the NCAA changed the rule of the rollover scholarships. So there's no longer um, like now every high school class is capped at 25. It used to be like, oh, I have 25, but I have like five kids leaving early to be drafted and I have this. So I actually have this many scholarships rolled over on top of the 25. Mm-hmm. Now it's just capped at 25. Huh. Which is kind of, I mean, I can see how it might be good because what what most coaches were explaining to me when I was talking to them in the transfer portal, they were just saying that you're gonna see a lot more walk ons get scholarships. Wow. Because, because they're gonna have they can't go off and more kids after twenty five, but they're still gonna have leftovers, so they're just gonna give walk ons walk on more. Gotcha. <clears throat> Which is really good for the walk ons because they they do everything that a scholarship kid does. So. Gotcha. So, whoa. <laughs> um, so to kind of to kind of move on from that, it sounds like it sounds like the the process that you kind of went through to get to UCLA was kind of filled with. Okay, I wanted to do this, but then I ended up doing this because it seemed it kind of seemed really complicated. Once you actually got to the school, once you got to UCLA, what was what was kind of the beginning stages for you on the team? What was it like being there, playing for a, a college team, and just kind of what was that whole experience like? So, I actually have to go before before I get to college because. The when I got when I was being recruited by UCLA and when I got an offer from UCLA, um, UCLA didn't have a tight end coach, hmm. and they were running a like a spread, um, a little spread offense, and it was not like the tight ends practiced as inside receivers, and so hmm. like that didn't really spark my interest. I wanted to go somewhere where a tight end was like recognized as its own position and as like a needed tight end coach because I didn't want to play wide receiver I wanted to play tight end and so um, I didn't really have much of an interest in UCLA until right before 
I guess January of 2016, my junior year, um, they hired um, the offensive coordinator. He was the quote-unquote pass game coordinator of for Michigan with Coach Sarbo and so and Coach and Coach Fish. And so they hired him, and he was obviously a pro style, like Michigan uses three to five tight ends and sets, you know, and they know how to utilize the tight end in the right ways. <clears throat> and so with that being said, then a tight end coach was hired, and um, Coach Rip was – he was just a good guy, and he was uh, – always more straightforward and someone that I could respect at least on the recruiting trail, you know, it wasn't because I feel like on the recruiting trail, a lot of the coaches try and feel like they have to be buddy, buddy, or like make you feel like a friend just to recruit you. And then when you get here, now he's the coach, but like with coach Rick, it was kind of like, Hey, he was a coach, but because he was my coach, the relationship grew. Mm-hmm. into more of like a personal one. So it went from coach to personal rather than personal to coach, which is the quote-unquote de-recruitment phase that everyone always talks about. Right. Like, <clears throat> it's just funny how many, they, they talk about the de-recruitment phase and it's true because kids get their, get to a school thinking they're going to play both ways and like be and this, this, and this, and then it's a reality check because you don't realize how equal the playing field is. Right, right. Uh, Sam, I uh, I asked the last question, so you can you can uh, you can take the next one. Um, Jimmy, I guess so. We got why you ultimately chose UCLA. <clears throat> Talk about um, your first year. What was the coaching staff telling you? Because I don't imagine you played much at all your freshman year. No. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. So what were they telling you going into your sophomore year? And then ultimately why you uh, stopped playing this past year? I guess that's a pretty loaded question, but. <laughs> no, no, it's it was um, going into spring ball. It, we had Coach Fish came, like I said, came from Michigan. And I guess mm-hmm. up there what they had done was split field offenses during, uh, during spring ball. So spring ball was the first. So we're on the quarter system at UCLA. So we go January to March is 10 weeks. Um, mm-hmm school and then we get new classes for like april to june yeah it's the same at oregon oh yeah that's right Mm -hmm. um so anyway for spring so sam we're on spring quarter one through four we have spring ball and it was either three and a half hour practices or three and a half hour meetings wow and what were they what were they telling you in these meetings it's it's just like it's literally film. It's uh, kind of he would we would watch, like we would look at percentages, numbers, averages for practice, how many plays we ran, how the defense did, how like this that. Maybe we'd have like a little team bonding like thing, a little like lesson or a little um, 
meeting about, you know, financial literacy or things like that, or like a motivational speaker would come in. Um, and then we would go to our position rooms and then we'd just watch film, basically, practice and like talk with our coaches and like look through things and <laughs> rewind and press for and rewind. Uh, but like I'm, they're in a lot of film and there's a lot to learn from it and a lot that you need to know go go and into go into some of that real quick like what were what were some of the things that um as a tight end like, what were some of the things like that they were teaching you're literally looking at how how hey look at how early on in practice your stance is narrower but as you go your stance gets wider and wider and wider as you get more tired Right. Like, hey, this first step, it needs to be here instead of there. Hey, this first step, it needs to be here instead of there. Hey, nope, this is like, no, you blocked the wrong guy. Or, good, look at this. Like, see how his hips did this. See how his first steps were this. You know, like, basically every play, there's commentary. There's something to learn from. You watch the other guys. Coach would be, because the coaches are so football crazy that they, are so locked in, they'd be like, look, look at him. And they'd show, like, an effort play, you know, just like they'd take the time to slow-mo and focus on the DB who came all the way across just because it's, you know. (laughs) They're filming the... You're literally, you're filmed 360 degrees. In practice. We used to get, yeah, we used to get counted for lows. And that's and that's if interesting. A loaf, a loaf was if you didn't um, run all the way off the field. If you literally, if you stopped one yard short, on the sideline, <laughs> you stopped running. It was a loaf. If, if if you were ever walking on the field, it was a loaf, and you were going to get tallied for it. And what happens if you accumulated a certain number of those? Um, I I think, oh, I can't really remember now. Couldn't be anything I've good. Some, I we've had some. We've had some punishments. <laughs> the offsides, like our offside punishments, our offsides punishment was just boom. If you went offsides, you knew to just stand your ass up and go take a lap. <laughs> and it's like that's not a bad. Like it's more of a lap of shame, you know. It's like yeah, it's like up yours, dude. Don't jump offsides. <laughs> it's like okay, go parade around like an idiot. Right. <laughs> and that's and. Th- the funny thing, at least, well, the interesting thing that I, uh, besides the loafing thing, one of the things that I found interesting in what you said is that the, the three-and-a-half-hour practices versus the, the three-and-a-half-hour uh, study session. So one of the things that I want to know more in terms of your student-athlete life, how, what was that balance like? Because based on I – remember, I remember talking to you when you first got there and you were saying how completely busy you were, but you were – you were loving how how busy you were and how full of a schedule you had. Was it like as a as a player who was there on a full ride scholarship? Was football the main priority? Obvious, like obviously the main priority, and then school was kind of a secondary thing to the coaches. Or did they or did they really work to get you guys to balance both of those lives? No, I mean. Yeah, it was a lot of structure, and it was a lot of, like, go, 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 go. But it was, like like I said, it was good. It, it, 
kept you going throughout the day and then when you got to the nighttime you went to sleep and then when you woke up you had stuff to do I mean, but the only thing was like you said you know they would expect us to be up at five o'clock in the morning to be you know at 5 45 weights and then to be at nine o'clock breakfast and then to be at class by 11 and then to class so four and then you have meetings at you know 4 45 till they tell you to go home right so it was like yeah you have a balance but i mean like if you're tired you're gonna choose to be tired in school rather than be tired in Right, right. Like that, like during spring ball, I remember just waking up in the morning and being like, "Oh, I have, I have a midterm next week." Like, hey, it's it's Saturday. Oh, great, we're done with the spring game, and now it's time to relax and get ready for school. And you start looking at your syllabus because you, all you've been looking at is the playbook and film in the last <laughs> four weeks. And now you have to look at your your textbooks and figure out what your uh, midterms on. And yeah, that one's those ones were rough. Those ones were rough. Right, right. I imagine. Um, and then I think one thing that I, I think both Sam and I are kind of curious about, and one thing that Sam alluded to in his question was um, uh, basically what happened because um, you know we you got to UCLA, you had that, you had that first year, but then, then you got hurt. And then there was a, a kind of, just kind of started accumulating after that. And, and obviously now you're, you're not playing. So could, could you take us? Cause I remember, I remember speaking to you a month after you were had, for those of you who don't know, at least actually, no, I don't want to say any part of this story, but I remember talking to you about, um, about a month after, you had kind of gotten the news about football because um, I didn't want to, I didn't want to send you a text right away because I didn't know how you were feeling. Um, so I just kind of let that mold for a little bit. Um, so take us through the injury, take us through what happened with the doctors and, and ultimately what the decision was and, and why you're not, you're not playing right now. It was ultimately it was three concussions in one year. I think it was 364 days. Like on the 364th day, they diagnosed me with my third concussion. And so the rule the rule at UCLA was four. Four concussions, and they, they told you to stop. And even, even when I tried to transfer in the uh, portal this year, that's what most of the doctors said, which was <clears throat> kind of interesting to me that they put a number on it. Um, what they basically told me was that at four concussions, that's when you start to experience a decline in cognitive features or functions. And they have proof from NFL um, brains and studies, I guess. Mm. And so that was kind of the discussion after. So I got one. So I showed up to UCLA in January of 2017. 
I got a concussion in April of 2017, August 2017, and April of 2018. And so then April of 2018, I medically retired, which is basically, I... (laughs) I lived a retired life. I, I, I go to school for free and I don't um, do anything football related because I'm, you know, ruled like medically unfit. Mm-hmm. But um, no, since then I've, it was, it was like, it was difficult to have like that part of you taken away, especially the structure and like the business aspect of it, you know, having a, a 5 a.m. to 9 p.m. shift every day was is like, and then going to where I only have class on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I have nothing to do. Uh-huh. It's you know, like homework maybe takes three hours a day on my off days if I don't do it on my school days, you know. And so it was, it was super weird, just kind of like being able to hang out and like floating around like I didn't know how to do it you know kind of different and so I struggled with that for a little bit um being like not also just not having the the friends that I had because they would be in like fall camp or in season you know they're they're still working the day shifts and working well into the night and so it's not like I was seeing any of them anymore. And, um, ultimately, I went and saw went and saw a neuropsychologist and did a test and like it was oh it was a crazy test. It was like eight hours long. I was there from uh, eight a.m. I was there from eight a.m. I think until three thirty or something. Like that. They wanted to do a little bit more or something on the, on the motor skills. But it came back just completely fine. And so <laughs> glad I did it. But like it proved what I already felt, you know. I, I feel like I'm fine brain wise. <laughs> like I'm not worried about myself in the slightest, you know. It's it's not like I didn't ever feel like I recovered from the concussions. Every time I felt it's good to go afterwards. But it was just, you know, the fact that it was mood swings and couldn't control the emotions. Like, I would literally just start crying for no reason. Like, I'd be, like, when I got the first one, I just, I was standing on the sideline and I just, like, like that kind of crying, like just trying to hold it back. And the trainer saw me, came up to me, started talking to me. And when he asked me, he asked me like what day it was. And after he asked me like who my roommate was and what time it was, around what time it was. And after that, I just started bawling my eyes out. <laughs> he was like, all right, give me your helmet. And then I just got pissed. I told him no. I started walking away, just crying for no reason. <laughs> I probably looked like an idiot. Absolutely, I look like an idiot. Oh man, I can't even imagine. Yeah, and so then he took it, and you know, I went and talked to the doctor, and I diagnosed it. And same thing in August during fall camp. It was the last practice fall camp too. 
Jeez. That's that's got out of there. Yeah, I I mean I remember hearing I remember talking to you about um a month afterward and um you know, I mean I had I had known you for I don't know, seven years at that point. You were always one of those guys who I could count on in terms of, you know, being you know, have a smile on your face, being happy. And I remember talking to you that month afterward and I could tell you were not yourself. Um, that, uh, afterward, yeah, but it's crazy how long they take to truly recover. Yeah. Because you stop feeling symptoms after like a week or two. Right. And then like, you, you still kind of drags a little bit. Um, have you ever had a concussion? Have I ever had a concussion? Yeah. Either of you guys? No. No, I got, I had a, I was diagnosed with a potential minor concussion, but I never was, was diagnosed with a full concussion. There was one time where I went to go take a concussion test and the lady thought that I had a concussion because, <laughs> well, cause the story was, is that I didn't know that it was a, uh, a reactions test. Yeah. So yeah. I sat there on the answers, like actually trying to do the answers. So when my results came back, she was like what the hell is wrong with you? And I was, <laughs> I was, no, I was like, what? I got them all right. She was like, no, you answered them like slower than anybody has ever answered these questions. <laughs> I was like, wait, it's a reaction test. She's like, yeah, go take it again. I was like, oh my bad. Um, and I came back and she was like, okay, cool. You're good. You're not, you don't need to be put in a mental institution. <laughs> Second time. <laughs> yeah. So no, I, I, uh, I never, I hit my head pretty good on a, on an exit sign on a basketball court, but I never, mm-hmm. I was never diagnosed with one. That's you your story. Yeah. Sam, do you have a better story than that? Yeah. Do I have what? You hit your head harder than that, Sam? No, no. <laughs> I, never, I played, never, I played you volleyball. Never felt, you never like fell backwards on the basketball court and just nailed your head. Oh, there was one time actually, uh, JV year. Freaking! This is all Coach Ritter's fault. All he preached was take a charge, take a charge, take a charge. <laughs> that's why. That's why Ben Wilker was his favorite player. That's why. Take a charge, take a charge. So I. Get in the middle of the key, like heels right in front of the restricted area. This big fat kid coming down on a layup jumps up. I I take it. I take it to the chest. I take it like a man. Fall back. He lands right on my head, all the way down. So my head just stops all his momentum. And I'm like, holy cow, that could have been real bad. And it was all Coach Ritter's fault. <laughs> <laughs> he coached you that way. It sucks that you listened. Uh, you know what? I'm, I would I'm never. I would never. Absolutely not. Oh my gosh! There was also oh senior year, uh, when I was when I was playing when we were playing Oakmont in the senior game. Uh, our middle linebacker, who was probably the hardest hitter on the team, uh, um, Nico, missed a like tackling one of the Oakmont players and I was like coming from the other end. So we were coming on like each end to the same player and the guy like dived down. So then Nico went head first into me and we ended up going oh, helmet I to helmet. Oh, and I then they that. like the, I was trying to yeah. get up cause I was like, 
I was fine. Oh. And the ref like ran over and was like, stay down, stay down, get up. And I'm like, guys, like I'm literally fine. Why are you doing this? And so then they like, took me out for like the rest of the series. And I was like, what, what is this? Oh, yeah. Weird. But I, I didn't get a concussion from that. Or I mean, I might have. I, I still might have symptoms. Who knows? <laughs> You've been you ever since. Um, oh, I remember that actually. Um, yeah, I just remember seeing or hearing. Oh yeah, yeah. We had oh, who got who got laid up? Jariah. Oh, I think so. Is that who just got? I mean. Like, they got the targeting, or was that Josh Clark that did the laying up? Um, he got the, like, the targeting or head-to-head, like, call, unsportsmanlike conduct or whatever. I thought it was Jariah, because Jariah was a hard hitter. Yeah, but I thought Josh was kind of like, because, no, but Josh got hit, remember? Josh got a concussion. Josh Clark. Oh, yeah. Because then we had Jariah with the claw. Oh, that's right. Remember with the 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 brace, the wrist brace. That's right, and his uh, little club and thing. To, yeah, and he's trying to catch a ball, like, dude. <laughs> no way! Like, oh, like not dude, <laughs> what are, what are we doing with this? What are we doing? Oh, I that was right. Yeah, and it looked like um, it looked like he had a bat like on his hand. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Even as a decoy, that sucks. Gosh. <laughs> and he's like, okay, this kid can't catch anything. I think he had a couple nice catches. I think so. I think he did end up catching a, a few with. Stuff. He had some highlights for sure. Yeah, he had a really good year that year. Yeah. Um, and then uh, to kind of to kind of wrap up this uh, this whole kind of your story, and and by the way, thanks for kind of letting us into to your story and kind of what happened. I know that it's probably not the, yeah, I know it's probably, I mean, I know it's probably not the, the easiest thing to talk about maybe. Um, but, uh, you know, it is something that is extremely interesting to listen to. Um, and, uh, Sam, I know you wanted to ask, uh, Jimmy about the, uh, the NCAA players and, uh, and, uh, and being paid. So I'll let you formulate, uh, the question that you wanted to, uh, ask Jimmy. Uh, just, First, I wanted to clarify, what, do you remember what you were officially ranked uh, in, uh, in our class for tight ends? It was like, I think overall I was like number seven. Or number seven? If you, average, if you averaged out like the three, yeah, I don't think, three or four like recruiting websites, you know? I don't think we stressed that enough, like – how highly re- recruited you yeah. are and like how big of a deal this is that you're talking to us. Cause that's, it's pretty crazy. It's not that crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't think it is, but number seven isn't that. Oh, it's higher than me. Jason, I don't, what, what number were you? I was for in the cornerbacks and for the cornerbacks. I was, uh, I was not even on the website. I think it was number <laughs> 20 in our league. Probably. Oh, in the league? I have no <laughs> idea. The only the only thing I remember from that uh that year was I think I had led our team in deflections. I think that was um there it is. Yeah, I think that was 
that was the only the only thing I can remember. I think it was just deflections, and then I was up there for um, strips um, for uh, for fumbles. So, um, did you did you do the lift of fun? No, we did right. I we didn't do it freshman year. Oh, freshman year, freshman year, I did. Senior year, I uh, did not. Yeah. What about you, Sam? Mm-mm. No, I didn't. Freshman. No, I don't think I was there. Really? Maybe yeah. Did you ever do volleyball overseas? Um, I did volleyball the summer after freshman year. Hmm. I don't know why you wouldn't have been there for the one in freshman year. Well, maybe I want to hang out with my family instead of being at the school 24-7 like we, you two knuckleheads. We were your you family. Grind. Yeah. <laughs> On that grind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, well, let me get to my question here. So this is a pretty hot-button topic, and I think you're the perfect person to answer it because you've seen college athletes and how they live. You've experienced it. You've been around it for your two years in UCLA, do you think NCAA NCAA athletes should get compensation in the form of money to, like, live and pay for food and all those necessities? Oh, I mean, okay, technically speaking, we do. In the form of tuition? No, like... Um, if you live in one dorm, then you get a check for $350 every month. If you live in a different dorm, then you get a check for $800 every month. If you live off campus right now, I get a check for $2,000 every month. Ooh. So, I get paid. Is your, is your, well, I mean, I guess this might be a little too personal, but is your, do you have free housing? No, I mean, I could, yes, I could. Like, I could go live on the dorms, and, like, I could live in a single dorm by myself with a meal plan where I get three swipes a day into every meal, you know, thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I get a check for, like, $250. But if you're going, so you were saying $2,000 a month? Yeah, because I live off campus. So, it's like, it's called the cost of attendance check. Uh-huh. So, they what they did is, like, okay... UCLA's tuition is this, books is this, housing this. This is what it costs to live in Westwood. This is um, what it would cost to do laundry in a year. This is what it would cost for a kid to go out and have fun for a year. Like, this is what the average says on this. And so it's basically an accumulation of a bunch of different aspects of a budget, basically. And they say UCLA, the cost of attendance is around this much at UCLA. And so they pinpointed it on, if you live off campus, it costs around $2,000 a month to live in Westwood. That's including paying rent, um, utilities, like food, groceries, um, and transportation and like parking passes if you want. Well, is that, is that enough for you then? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like I haven't, I haven't worked for a while. It's just over summer the checks go down for some reason. 
<laughs> for some and so, so like, <laughs> that's interesting. I think it's well. I think it's because it's six weeks, and instead of ten weeks, and so you get two thousand dollars for six weeks rather than. Um. So a summer session is two week or two months. I mean. Yeah. And so you would you would expect two thousand dollars every month, right? So you'd expect four thousand dollars for C- to do one summer session, but mm-hmm. instead you only get two thousand. And rent here, like, okay, I live in the living room. Like, I live in the living room. Like, not on the couches, but I have a portable closet with blankets draped over it, creating a quote-unquote wall. (laughs) And I have a bed with no bed frame and shelves with clothes on them and clothes on a portable closet. And I pay $677 for rent. Hmm. Do the roommates that actually have a room, do they pay more? My roommate, one roommate who has a room. He, okay, so and then the other roommate has a room, and then the other roommate lives in a loft. So it has like an opening into yeah. the living room. So basically uh-huh. him and I hear each other all the time. So he pays, for the loft, he pays 950 and for the own room, he pays 1200 Jeez. Okay. Yeah. Like, Do they get compensated just, more? No, 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 no. The kid who lives in the loft is a walk-on, so he doesn't get any money. Well, if you if you think about it like this, I mean, I know this isn't a clear comparison because you live in L.A. and I live in Eugene, which is completely <laughs> different, and price of living is – actually, Eugene is pretty up there, though, in yeah. cost of living, but that's a different thing. I pay – 650 a month but the the thing that's different with me is i have the ability with all the time i'm not spending on football which you're spending excess of what six hours a day when you were playing see i can during the season you're just you're basically gone until you know 8 p.m every night so if i'm paying for rent and i have more time to go out and earn money with work, then I'm able to pay for those things. If you were did more for the time that you're actually yeah. playing. I mean, what I really think needs to happen is we just need to be able to use our likeness and our name and image to get deals and promote things, you know, and build our own brand and get paid for our brand. That's what I should do. Because I think it would be very hard to determine a, like, it It would be very hard to say, hey, you get this much money a year because mm-hmm. you, you, did, you played this many minutes and you had the, this many stats and yeah. incentives. You know, it, it would be very hard to dictate that. Like what would what? How would you? No, I I I agree with you on that one because then if you say like, say you and I were on the same team and you're you were, say you were much more important to the team than I was, and they say okay, here's five thousand dollars a month, and then I get like a thousand dollars a month, and it's like well, now the coaches are saying it without saying it that hey, this guy's more of a priority to us than you, and I feel like there'd be. 
I feel like there'd be people. Well, they do that anyway, though. Well, yeah, but they your full scholarship isn't actually full scholarship, right? Because if you're only getting, so you would still have to get your cost of attendance, and you'd still have to be putting kids on scholarship, and then like, so even then, like, hey, how would you warrant? How would you pay um, the walk-ons? You know, would you pay the walk-ons? If you wouldn't, then that's totally messed up. But could you pay the walk-ons like a different kind of, like for them to, like basically treat them as practice squad members of the NFL, right? Yeah. Because that's that's basically what you're saying is, is hey, we need to, right? Because what does the NCAA preach? Amateurism, amateurism, amateurism. Like we're, we're amateurs here. So you can't be sponsored. You can't promote. You can't endorse. You can't have an agent. We don't need any of that because you're not a professional. Like, so you just need to make it more like a professional thing and have it be more football and school separate. I don't get why everyone wants to force such a, like a, you know, a fusion between it and say, find balance and stuff. Like, that's not really what it needs to be. You need to have the school and this, the football separate. You need to have two different identities. You need to have, like, the one that goes to school and actually does school and learns and goes to class because he needs to go to class, not because he has class checkers who will write him up and report it to his coach. Like, no, you got to have that and then the guy who's at everything for football. Because, like, you would be walking down the class looking at your – because you have an app. It's called Teamworks. That thing rules your life. It rules your life. You absolutely look at it every 15 minutes. You're like, okay, okay. I wake up in the morning when I was I was waking up. Um, you would have to be at treatment at 5 o'clock in the morning, and then workouts start at 5.45. So I'd wake up at 4.40, and that's literally the first thing I did. Turn off my alarm, pull, pull up Teamworks. Because that is, I would look, look, look. Okay, awesome. 4 o'clock to 4.45, I have 45 minutes to take a nap if I can get to the team room. Hopefully no one's asleep on the long couch and I can grab that one. <laughs> and then I would be walking, finally getting out of class at 4, get a text. Hey, um, you got time to come in and, and meet like before we go to meetings? Yeah, coach, I got 45 minutes before meeting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm walking to the building right now. <laughs> so, all right, good. Just come to my office when you get here. Awesome. See you then. <laughs> but, like, you know, you never regret doing it, right? You no, never yeah. Regret doing it. You're always like, I remember how much I enjoyed doing this. And remember, like, it's. When I was being recruited, that was just, I loved it. I loved watching film with the coaches. Like, I just thought it was cool. Right. I always just, because they have so much film with so many people. Right. <clears throat> um, no, that was interesting. I I, uh, I like that idea of, you know, allowing the players to kind of go off on their own and, and be able to brand their uh, brand themselves. I can imagine if I could have signed with the Beatles for a, uh, for a $50,000 a year and like, or not even that, like just to be like a model in certain things or like yeah. 
you know, because even like, honestly, um, I just, I think it's crazy that they can say, Hey, your name is ours now. Like we're like, you can't even, we have to put you on a billboard. Like they have to sign a bunch of stuff for the guys that they put on the billboards around even campus. When they take that stuff, they have to sign a bunch of paperwork for the NCAA. It's just wild. Right. Um, well, that was, a, that was an awesome conversation and one that I'm really, uh, really glad we got to have. Um, and again, dude, thanks for, thanks for letting us into kind of what's happened to you and, and sharing your opinions with us. But uh, now we're going we're gonna to treat you to a little bit of a, a, a nothing to say uh kind of service here so um so for everybody who uh who's been with us you've you've uh you've been here for the listen up segment which uh we've done twice now and uh, we're going to introduce a a new segment that we're going to do every time we have a guest it's called uh grill the guest and uh basically this is how it's going to work or at least how this is how this iteration is going to work it may mold and change over time but for now this is what we're going with so it's going to be a contest between uh, Sam and Jimmy. I'm going to ask them both the same question. If they answer the same, uh, if they give the same response, then fine. We'll talk about why they uh, they answered that question. But if they answer differently, then they have about 30 seconds to tell me why their answer is correct. And at the end of it, taking out all of my biases, um, I'll pick which one I, uh, I agree with more. And um, so that's pretty much how it's going to work. I'll have the timer ready to go. And uh, guys, are you uh, you ready for the first first edition of Grow the Guest? Let's do it. Sam, you ready? Let's do it. All right, here we go. Simple, straight up answer. And I know you guys are going to disagree on this, but this is going to be a fun little debate. Wait, how long do we get to answer it? You have about thirty seconds, and I will get, I will cue you the thirty second time. Okay. All right. So, Sam. I'll ask – actually, no, Jimmy, you're our guest. I'll ask you first. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I'll ask you first. Here we go. The Raiders are going to finish with a better record than the 49ers this year, yes or no? Absolutely. <laughs> all right, so we have – all right, so here we go. You have 30 seconds to tell me why. So three, two, one, go. I would say Derek Carr and Antonio Brown. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> That's all I had to say. Like, I, I can't even. I can't even name 49ers names off my head right now. That's because you don't know football. Damn, like, I can't even think. Like, oh, is Jimmy Garoppolo even there? It doesn't matter because when I think of Jimmy Garoppolo, I just think of Derek Carr being better. Boom! That was your 30 second cap. And uh, Sam, ask you the same question. The Raiders. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> This is this is an impossible task. Everyone knows you're a big listen, Raiders fan listen, and you hate the Niners. Listen, listen, listen. I'm going to take out all my biases here. Sure. No, just just go. Give me give me the argument. The Raiders are going to finish with a better record this year than the Niners, yes or no? It's a big fat no. And it's simple. You just got to look at their division. They play in the hardest division in football where they're the fourth best team in that division behind Denver, behind Kansas City, and behind L.A. And they're in a strong conference with the AFC. 
Hey, 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 I gave you your time, Jimmy. Let, you me, got, let me have it. You got about, 15, have, you got about 15 seconds. And if you look at the Niners, they're playing such a weak schedule with a third-place team schedule, and the Seahawks are down. They got the Cardinals in their division, and they can split with the Rams. Boom, there was your 30 seconds. You know what? Um, and it's funny because I uh, I think the Niners are probably going to be better than a lot of people um, uh, are giving them credit for. And the Raiders right now, as a Raider fan, and I'm, I'm sure, Jimmy, you're kind of on the same – uh, same fence with me on this. Like the Raiders had such a turnover this off season that literally I have like no expectations for the season. Like they could end up three and thirteen, and I could go. Oh, and at the end of the season, I could yeah, be like, okay, maybe, yeah, like maybe that's what they were supposed to be. But if they ended up say like nine and seven at the end of the season, I could be like, okay, maybe that is what they were supposed to be. Like I literally have no clue because of how much turnaround they've had this yeah, year. I agree. I could see them doing anything. Like... I know. So my heart says Jimmy's answer, but based on everything that uh, Sam gave me, I, I, I'll, I'll go with Sam's answer on that one. Uh, but, but we all, but we all know that uh, I'm a Raiders fan, and they're going to be better anyway. But just based on the answer of Sam. All right, question number two. This one's going to be really hard, and you have it. You have to answer really quickly. Because you only have 30 seconds, and you're going to forget somebody, but that's the fun of the question. So, Sam, I got this, I, I'll give you this question first. Who is the best duo in the NBA right now? Uh, it goes LeBron and AD. Do you, have to, you don't have to rank them. No, it's just, LeBron and Anthony Davis, because LeBron's still the best player on the planet. I don't care about Kawhi. I don't care about Kevin Durant, who has a bum ankle. Kawhi doesn't. Doesn't even get make his teammates better. LeBron almost carried a crappy Laker team to the playoffs last year, and now he's got Anthony Davis, who's a top five talent in the NBA. It's simple. It's them two. Okay, so we got Kawhi. I mean, not Kawhi. We have LeBron and AD on the other side. Jimmy, same question. The best duo in the NBA is. <laughs> okay, I I would have to agree. I would have to agree. Okay. Although I'm excited to see Westbrook and Harden. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm excited to see that. So, but, I, but I agree with you, Sam. LeBron is the best player in the NBA. And so, by just by that, the best duo is those two. But I really, I really, I'm curious to see how much Anthony Davis really trusts the Lakers. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, honestly, until – I think that's the – well, it's hard because we haven't seen LeBron and uh, Anthony play together. We haven't seen – and obviously Durant's not healthy, but I don't think anybody would pick Kyrie and Durant. They're not healthy. Yeah, that was such a weird move. Yeah, and the only other one that could probably at least be in contention with them right now is George and Kawhi. Um, and I think just basically wow. – yeah, and I think based on exactly what Sam was saying about LeBron still being, um, you know, who LeBron is, I think if you just put, like, LeBron and Kawhi against each other and Anthony Davis and Paul George against each other, I think the majority of the people would pick Anthony Davis to have over Paul George. So, I honestly, I, I think I tend to agree with you guys that it's going to be LeBron and Davis until somebody proves otherwise. Um, 
So here's the uh, here's the third question, and this is based off of the uh, NFL Top 100 ranking that came out recently. Um, so this will be the last serious question before we kind of get into uh, some uh, some more of a Joe question. So the number one rated quarterback on that list, and this was voted on by players, was Drew Brees. So Jimmy, Drew Brees is the best quarterback in the league heading into the 2019 no. 2020 season. All right. Go ahead. No way. Are you kidding me? Is that really who it was? It really was. Yeah, I think he was rated. Tom Brady the... was not rated the number one. Okay, so um, so the NFL top 100 players list that was ranked by players, the the number number two player in the league was Drew Brees. The and so he was the first quarterback. The second quarterback was Patrick Mahomes, and the third quarterback on that list at number six was Tom Brady. Absolutely not. Tom Brady is the best quarterback. And why is that? Because it's Tom Brady. Like, you don't have to <laughs> argue that. Like, it's Tom Brady. Like, if, 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 the only argument that you used to have to make was Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning. And that was just because you had to respect Peyton Manning. But Tom Brady is so much better than him. Right. Sam. Tom Brady is the absolute best. Sam, same question. Drew Brees right now is the best quarterback heading into the 2019-2020 season. Yes or no? Uh, big, fat, no. The best quarterback in the NFL lives in the Bay in San Francisco. Oh Jimmy my. Garoppolo <laughs> is going to be transcendent. He's going to be Better than Aaron Rodgers, better than Holmes. He's going to have city, 60 touchdowns next year. Throwing it all the way to George Kittle. Jimmy, you a fan of George Kittle? Big fan, right? Big fan of George Kittle. Yeah, he's Dude, throwing to that George guy. Kittle. He's throwing to Marquise Goodwin, who's yeah, going to not have sucks. a bum hamstring. <laughs> he's got Jarek McKinnon. He's got Matt Breida, the real cheetah of the NFL, not that Tyreek Hill Jared guy. He's a 78 and then. you know what uh, you know what i'm hearing right now sam is i'm hearing everything around jimmy garoppolo you're not saying anything actually about jimmy what's the best thing about this year that's great wait what's the best thing about jimmy garoppolo this year his knees not torn apart that's right but it used to be no it's it's good now we're gucci he's all healed okay so but based on what you now, this is a fans podcast, so obviously fandom plays into everything that we do. But I would think you'd be a little—I know you're kind of joking around, but you gotta be a little more sensical than that. I mean, come on now. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa! Was it not two years ago that the great Bill Belichick, maybe top one or top two coaches of all time, was gonna cut Tom Brady in favor of who? Jimmy G. Is that a coincidence? Is that true? Yeah, do we That's really know that? Mad facts. Mad facts. <laughs> um, well, you know what? I'm going to go with uh, Jimmy's answer because, Sam, you weren't even in the ballpark. So, <laughs> Well, technically we agreed because we both said Drew Brees didn't deserve to be number one. But yeah, but your picks, a- your picks afterwards. <laughs> All right, so this is going to be uh, – this next question is going to be fun. Sam, I'll give this to you right now. Sam Toomey has a better jump shot than Jimmy Jaggers. Oh, that's 100%. Yeah. 
A hundred percent. True story. We're doing, you know how every year we do an all-star break, like practice at the end of the year. So JV year, Coach Ritter picks who as the dark horse to win the three-point contest? Not Josh, not Aaron, not Ben Welker, but Sam Toomey. You because obviously is, don't understand smooth the definition. Jumper. You do not get the smooth jumper definition of a dark horse. Why would Josh and Aaron and Ben would not be dark horses to win a three-point contest? Bro, all, all I'm saying is it's wet. When it comes off my hand, it's wet. Better believe it. <laughs> I like the confidence. Jimmy, you have a better jump shot than Sam Toomey. I, I would say that maybe Sam does make more, but you would much rather watch mine. I wouldn't, say, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't even go that far to say that. <laughs> um, you know, having watched both of your jump shots and having played with both of you, I think um, I think you're probably – I think Jimmy nailed it on the head. I think Sam probably made more, but, yeah, Jimmy has a nicer stroke um, than, uh, than you do, Sam. He's got better form, I guess. Or you haven't seen me lately. I've, yeah, but I've known you for almost nine years now. I've seen you play enough to not seen you play enough. I've spent like hours upon hours in the UO rec center just saucing up kids. And you're going to disrespect me like that? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Oh. <laughs> um, all right. So next question, because we are every once in a while when we have the opportunity, we do uh, throw in a little bit of a, a movie flair towards the end of a, towards the end of our uh, show. So right now on the spot, this is kind of an impossible question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Jimmy, right now, what is your favorite movie right now? Which I know is an almost an impossible question, but your gut reaction to that question. Wow. I have no idea. That is not okay. <laughs> <clears throat> That's not an okay question. Oh, really crazy. I know, I like I said, it's it's not a Yeah, I'm just I can only think of like the last five movies. <laughs> Recency biased. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, here, maybe I'll make the question a little bit easier. What's your favorite sports movie of all time? I don't know if I made some movies. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here. Well, while you are mulling over that question, Sam, I'll ask you the same question. We'll go favorite sports movie of all time. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't change for me. Um, I'm. I was torn between. Either this or Coach Carter. But I went with Remember the Titans because that's the only movie that I can watch once and then rewind all the way through to watch it again. Just because of the the many scenes that just give you goosebumps, like the Gettysburg speech that Denzel delivers and the strong side. Left side, strong. That was a bad. That was a bad impression <laughs> of what that scene was. But just that scene gets me every time, and they're all just watching. And then there's the uh, the your mama jokes in the locker room. Hey, y'all, that, that's a your mama joke that gets me every time. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's probably my favorite. Remember the Titans. That's a good one. Anytime I saw on my. 
on like cable, it was definitely being recorded. Right. Um, I think my favorite sports movie of all time is probably Warrior. <clears throat> I don't know if uh, I don't know if you guys have seen that movie, um, but it's Joel Edgerton, Tom Hardy. It's a it's an MMA movie. Um, and... Is that MMA a sport? Yeah. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> what did you say it's called? Don't you have to like? Don't you need a ball to be a sport? <laughs> Um, it's, uh, it's called Warrior and it was, um, it was one of, it was one of those movies that I had missed in the theaters and ended up seeing on Netflix and kind of went, why have I never seen this movie? And it's probably in my top 10 for favorite movies of all time. I absolutely love the movie Warrior. Um, it's, uh, I don't, I don't want to spoil anything for anybody who hasn't seen it because I doubt a lot of people have seen it, but if you get the chance, um, Warrior is an absolutely phenomenal movie. Um, have you have you seen Hacksaw Ridge? Yes, great movie. That movie is intense. Probably one of the more like that's got to be up there for people as <clears> one of the <throat> more violent, <throat> violent movies ever made. Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty good movie. That movie's uh, incredibly good. Um, and then to kind of close out the uh, grill the guest segment, we'll uh, we'll take it back to high school one time where all three of us were there together. Um, Jimmy, do you have a favorite high school sports moment? Hmm. Whether that be in football, basketball, something off the field that related to sports, um, but solely at Roseville High School. And Honestly, I would say that most of my basketball career was a good time. Like, cause, cause football is treated like a, like business. Like, you know, that was my work. And when it came to basketball season, I was with like Granucci. Like I, I pictured coach Granucci as like a second dad. Like I was chilling whenever I talked to him, I didn't think anything that I said mattered. <clears throat> Whether that was true or not, you know, that's well. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> So I just kind of, you know, like I, I got to take a load off and just run up and down the court instead of like trying to remember a whole entire playbook. And <clears throat> I was around new people for once. Like, you know, it was a lot more fun. Right. But um, I would say I would say that the Del Campo football game, um, my oh. ju- our junior year. Oh, yeah. Won, the one that we lost because uh, of triple overtime, but then, but then we won our senior year, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. that game was our. That was the game that our defense uh, got like yeah, six that's turnovers. Right. That's right. Yeah, because the our junior year, I was pumped because I scored the touchdown, then the two point to send it into overtime, and then into like double or into double or triple overtime, you know? Yeah. And then I, in triple overtime, I give up the ball on a fumble <laughs> to lose the game. Ah, well, we didn't remember well, that part. I didn't well, remember that part. <laughs> I, don't I don't think you ever had a fumble, that. right? Yeah. Well, technically, <laughs> it didn't even hit the ground. I should have just fell to the floor. That's <laughs> so all right. you, you live and you learn. 
I think I think people don't realize this. Jimmy was the one high school player that never had a dropped pass and never had a turnover or a That's missed blocking true. assignment. That's, That's not true. Completely true. That's not true. <laughs> no, Jimmy, that's the reason why he was the number seven ranked tight end. He was literally like a walking catch. <laughs> Perfection every time. He didn't even need two hands most of the time. None of this, one, none of this is true. One paw up there just gets it in. <laughs> oh, man. None of that is true. Uh, no lying. <laughs> Well, in our eyes, uh, when we were uh, certainly covering you that year, because um, uh, we were broadcasting that uh, our junior year, we uh, yeah yeah we uh, we certainly uh, looked at it that way. Sam, same for you. Do you have a? I have an idea of what yours might be, but um, favorite Roseville High School sports memory moment. Um, it's it's tough. It's either between. So this is gonna sound really weird. But I think I was more proud of when, of during volleyball, when we won sections because we had lost that same game two years in a row, and then we finally won. So I think I was more proud of that than when we eventually went on to win NorCal's just because that was like, it was just so unexpected and like we weren't we we hadn't been working that whole year to achieve like that goal. We were working to first win sections. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? And then we finally did it. Right. Um, especially when <laughs> the first set we played so bad. We were playing Whitney and we had beaten them. They we hadn't even dropped in a set off of them the whole year. And we were playing them and we were down like five points. I think we were down twenty to fifteen. And everyone was shit in the bed, like we were all just looking at each other like, what the heck is going on? Like, why are we choking in this moment? And then we somehow ended up winning that set. And we were like, <laughs> huge exhale. Like, let's just get it done. And we went out and won the next two. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, gosh, I remember, I remember you guys after, um, like, I remember just talking to all of you after you had won sections and, and won NorCal, and it was obviously something that I never got to experience and uh, something that uh, Jimmy never got to experience was go, was going yeah. that far. Um, the worst thing. Yeah, and I honestly think it's pretty safe. I mean, <clears throat> Jimmy, you you and I can be the two outside guys here who weren't on the team, but I can honestly say that, Sam, your guys' volleyball team from junior and senior year was by far and away the best sports team at Roseville, and it wasn't even close. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're gonna, gonna make me cry. cry! No, you guys were insane. I loved watching you guys play. Um, it was a, it was a blast. You guys were by far and away the best. Next to our girls' golf team, our girls' golf team was really good too. Yeah, that's true. Um, I honestly think my favorite sports moment was probably just being a part of that. Was uh, that senior year when we had learned? That very night when we all went to Granucci's house to to see where we were seated for the uh, for the playoff game, and we were all sitting there, and I don't I think we were kind of expecting somewhere around you know ten, eleven, twelve, maybe thirteen, but I don't think any of us realized um, how much credit we got for the strength of schedule we had that year and how well we had played against uh, teams that were supposed to beat us by a lot, and either we ended up beating or didn't. 
and when we saw our names pop up for a number seven seed and it all kind of hit us that we were the, you know, the first Roseville team to have a home playoff game in like 20 years. And then just being a part yeah, of that. That, that was so wild. Yeah, that was, I still have the <clears throat> video. I still watch it all the time. Um, that, uh, being a part of that game and being a part of that atmosphere was, was definitely my, uh, my favorite sports moment, um, from high school. I remember being at UCLA and, hearing about it Mm -hmm. and just seeing it all over Twitter. Yeah, it was a, it was a crazy night because none of us were expecting a seven seed. And I, and uh, which was kind of the opposite effect for the football team that we all played for senior year. I think all, I think everybody on the team thought we got slighted a little bit. I thought we should have been higher than we were. Um, This rig. Yeah. Having the number one defense in the league and then, uh, you know, yeah, going nine and one. In the CDC. Yeah, going nine and one. I yeah, thought we were going to be higher than yeah, seven. Yeah, we're nine and one. Like <laughs> what? Yeah. So that was uh, yeah, stupid so, Backaville. I don't even want to talk oh, about that game. That sucked. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about that game. That after that game, when we were all huddled up the in the middle of the field, that was so sad. Yeah, yep, I know, yep. and it was one of those things too, because like honestly, because Sam and I went the went the route of we didn't play with you guys sophomore <laughs> and junior year, and so it was different. Like, it was something that I had to experience with basketball once the season was over, and you know my sport got taken away from me. Um, being there with you guys, only having done it with you guys for two years, um, obviously Sam and I, I can't speak for Sam, but I was upset. Um, not only that I couldn't play football anymore, but I was upset just kind of looking at everybody like, oh, my gosh, like these guys. It's the same for me. Yeah. Like these are all my these are all my friends. Like I yeah, I didn't play yeah, with them. <laughs> yeah. Like I didn't play with them sophomore, junior year, but I came back to, you know, Sam and I came back to try to help and do what we could senior year and watching it all kind of, you know that realization that football was done for the major majority of our guys was, I think that what, that's what hit me more than not being able to play football. Um, Cause football wasn't, right. wasn't Sam or mine main sport at that point. So um, and Sam got to go out on the highest note with uh, winning NorCal's. So yeah, I don't need, I don't know what you guys are talking about with all yeah. this sad stuff. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> I never Sam. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, no, but yeah, I mean, I think like like Jimmy and I said, I, you guys were that volleyball team was like moving forward at Roseville. It's going to be hard to I think any team to replicate what you guys did both those years. So it, it just sucks that that happened right at the end of the year. We didn't even get to boast about it. We didn't even get to show around the banner that we got. Yeah, it was like true. graduation was the next week. That's true. <laughs> that's true. It was like oh okay. <laughs> Um, you guys could have missed graduation, right, Sam? Um, I don't think so. We finished. We finished pretty early. We we missed. We missed something. I don't it was, remember. It's track. Early. Track is the ones that could miss. Yeah, they go far. Yeah, they track. Super long. Yeah. 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 I think because uh, didn't one of our buddies, uh, James, didn't he end up? going like at least a couple weeks yeah, after he yeah. went to um he went to masters which is like right before state yeah and that was pretty late mm-hmm. which is so weird when you think about it like you're not in high it's school so anymore weird. yeah 
Yeah. Like, so why are they just why are they still? Yeah, that's a weird dynamic because technically you could have people there who are like sophomores competing against now college students. Yeah, you can just move. Yeah, like just move the schedule so that it fits. <laughs> like, it's not that difficult. Yeah, it's a there's a weird dynamic. Um, there was actually a funny thing about that because we had for volleyball. There's this game every year that's called the Optimus game, and it's mm-hmm. like they take the best seniors from around the area. So me and Tommy played in that game, and we we hadn't played for Roseville in, like, a week. So all of a sudden, we had to get our Roseville jerseys and, like, put them back on. And, like, we weren't even – this was after school already ended. So we yeah. we were playing for Roseville <laughs> when we were graduating. football. That's that's so weird though how that ends up working out. And you're like seeing all the different high school kids, and you're like, oh, this is weird. Yeah. yeah. Um. So we were gonna, if we had time, we were gonna do a listen up segment, but we're uh, we're gonna push that off till uh, till next episode, and we're gonna wrap things up. Oh, here. Yeah, we're gonna uh, we're gonna wrap things up here, unless it. I mean, I mean, unless Jimmy, you really want to hear it. Um, uh, we can uh, we can save it. I can I can listen in next week. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll that's that's what I well that's what I'm saying. Like I you I didn't. It's all good. Yeah. Um. So to try to uh, you don't you don't want this to be like a Joe Rogan podcast. No. <laughs> well, we we want it to be like three and a half hours. You don't want it to be three and a half hours. No, we're gonna try not to do that. <laughs> no, we can do it. Come on. Through talk on that. I'm sure we could. I'm sure we could. <laughs> um, we got plenty of things we could talk about. But hey, you know what? How about uh, come back in a in a week or two, and we'll have you on again. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. So, um, so next uh, next episode, we'll uh, we'll do the listen up, uh, and it'll probably be uh, Sam and I just for that episode. But uh, thank you for anybody who uh, decided to stick with us for this. Uh, uh, near hour and a half episode. It was uh, extra long and kind of an extra fun episode for uh, for Sam and I because we had a, a pretty damn good guest uh, for a first guest to uh, come on the show. So again, thank you for anybody who's uh, tuned in to us for the uh, fifth time. We hope this was uh, an entertaining podcast for you. And uh, Jimmy, again, thanks for coming on the show, and we well, love to have guys. you back. Yeah, it was fun. Um, and yeah, we'd love to have you uh, back on uh, whenever you want. Just give us a call. Say hey, I'm bored. We'll put you on a show. Um, Sam that's kind of my uh, closing thoughts you got anything you want to say Um, I just want to say I feel bad for any guest that has to follow this because (laughs) they're just going to get compared to you Jimmy and you're just going to be the biggest thing that's going to be on this podcast for like the next year so (laughs) I just feel bad you know it's just where I'm at sorry we can't bring you the the star power that uh, Jimmy can bring you we're not a we're not a collegiate athlete. <laughs> too, much. You're too much. Yeah, next, next week next week's good, everyone's gonna be like, "Where's Jimmy? I want to hear Jimmy back again." Oh man. Um, but uh, yeah, again, thank you for everybody who uh, tuned in, and uh, hopefully we entertained you for a good portion of your day. And uh, we'll be back for episode six in a couple of days. So thank you guys for listening to uh, Nothing to Say the Fans podcast, and uh, we will be back uh, very soon. So uh, thank you, guys. Good night, boys.